Hello, wherever you're listening to us, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. I'm Hari Arakli. This is today's tech briefing. Later in the program, I'll be speaking to Parag Nayak, co-founder and CEO of Sankhya Labs, a wireless chip design company in Bangalore, about why he's already working on 6G. That's after these headlines. Lawyers and officials of the Indian government told Delhi High Court that the government viewed WhatsApp's new privacy policy that came into effect on May 15th as a violation of India's information technology laws and rules. Press Trust of India reported on Monday. The central government's view was presented before a bench of Chief Justice D.N. Patel and Justice Jyoti Singh during a hearing of several pleas challenging WhatsApp's new privacy policy, which relates to how WhatsApp will share the extensive data it collects on its users when they interact with businesses on the instant messaging platform. WhatsApp's lawyers, led by Kapil Sibyl, told the bench that its new privacy policy has come into effect from May 15th and that it, that it would eventually delete accounts of users who don't accept the policy, the Hindustan Times reported. The hearing was held on a petition filed by one Seema Singh through her advocate Megan and a law student, Chaitanya Rohila, challenging WhatsApp's new privacy policy, according to the newspaper's report. Petitioners asked the court to direct WhatsApp to either roll back their policy or provide an option for users to opt out of the update. WhatsApp announced the policy update in January and pushed it back to May in February after a backlash. The petitioners also want users who have already accepted the privacy policy to also be given the choice of opting out. The High Court adjourned the matter to June 3rd, even as additional Solicitor General Chetan Sharma urged the bench to record a statement from WhatsApp's counsel that the company would maintain status quo and not delete accounts of users. WhatsApp's lawyers declined to make any such statement, the newspaper reported. Meanwhile, as the Facebook juggernaut continues its multi-billion user expansion around the world, developer and leaker Alessandro Paluzzi has discovered Instagram code that strongly suggests the photo and video sharing platform is working on allowing users to post directly from their computers, Mac Rumors reported yesterday. Based on Im- images Paluzzi shared on Twitter, browser-based Instagram users could soon be offered the ability to natively drag and drop photos and videos from their computer for upload, as well as crop the content, apply filters, and compose accompanying text for publishing to the social network the tech sites reported. AT&T is spinning off its media business Warner Media and merging it with TV company Discovery, the US telecom company said in a press release yesterday. This will create a new media giant that can take on Netflix and Disney, which have two of the most successful streaming businesses. The deal, however, is a U-turn for AT&T, which bought Warner Media, then known as Time Warner, for $85 billion three years ago. Yesterday's transaction values the new combined business at $130 billion, including debt, based on Warner Media's estimated enterprise value of more than $90 billion, according to Bloomberg. The deal will bring together many well-known channels under one business. Warner Media owns HBO, CNN, Cartoon Network, TBS, TNT, and the Warner Brothers movie studio, which made Harry Potter and Batman. Discovery has many cable networks, including HGTV, Animal Planet, Food Network, and TLC. 
Both companies also have their own streaming platforms, HBO Max and Discovery Plus, respectively. The boards of AT&T and Discovery have approved the deal and the companies expect to close the transaction next year. The deal is an all-stock transaction which will see AT&T get $43 billion in a combination of cash, debt securities and debt retention on the part of WarnerMedia. AT&T shareholders will receive stock worth 71% of the new company and Discovery's shareholders will own the remaining 29%. Meanwhile, Amazon, which has its own prime video streaming services, is in discussions to buy Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer movie studio for, seven, for between $7 and $9 billion, the information reported yesterday. MDM is the Hollywood studio company behind the James Bond series. There are some 2.5 billion people who use smartphones that run on Google's Android software, and the Internet Search Giant's annual I.O. conference starts later today, in which Google will talk about what it is doing to secure user privacy, the information reported. Google plans to preview new privacy controls that will make it easier for Android smartphone users to find a setting screen where they can restrict apps' abilities to access their phone, phone's cameras, location, and other permissions, the information reported, citing a person who has seen the planned presentation. These changes, however, won't prevent advertisers from building profiles of Android users based on all the other ways they use apps across their smartphones to do things like read, shop, play games, and communicate with friends, the tech site reported. Moglix, a marketplace for industrial products, became the latest startup in India to become a unicorn after it raised $120 million in a new funding round. There have been 13 startups in India that reached the billion dollar valuation milestone this year. The company, which sells everything from power tools to nebulizers, was started six years ago by entrepreneur Rahul Gurg. Its series E Financing was led by Falcon Edge Capital and Harvard Management Company. Existing investors Tiger Global, Sequoia Capital India, and Venture Highway also invested in the round. This brings Moglix's total funding to about $220 million. Moglix serves more than 500,000 small and medium-sized businesses, as well as very large companies. The Singapore-headquartered company's customers include Hero Motor Corp, Vedanta, Tata Steel, Unilever, Air India, and NTPC. India totally missed the bus when it comes to semiconductor foundries, which are dominated today by companies like South Korea's Samsung and Taiwan's TSMC. When it comes to semiconductor design, however, one of the world's biggest talent base, bases of fabless, fabless chip design sits right here in Bangalore, says Parag Nayak, co-founder and CEO of Sankhya Labs, which makes software-defined radios, meaning software versions of semiconductor chips. Parag and his two co-founders also make products and solutions for 5G networks, for mobile and broadcast networks to talk to each other, and for satellite communications. I spoke to Nayak about his company's plans and why he thinks Sankhya is on the cusp of a big jump in growth as 5G networks roll out around the world. And he thinks India should also be investing in 6G right away because networks will be increasingly about software, allowing us to play to our strengths. Here's what he had to say. Hi Parag, uh, welcome to the show and thank you for making time for this chat. Thanks, 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 Abhi. thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, so, for starters, uh, can you tell us a bit about how and why you started Sankhya and what you've been doing so far? 
Okay. So we started Sankhya Lab long back in 2007, probably the year that Flipkart started. But we took a different tack, right? Unlike Flipkart, uh, we went on uh, trying to build a deep tech uh, startup in India. I mean, that passes of deep tech as now. Uh, I don't know. There's this whole nomenclature that comes in. Uh, we, uh, we, our backgrounds that have have been mostly in semiconductors, uh, you know, embedded hardware, software, embedded signal processing, and all of that, right? So, my, in fact, uh, Sankhya is our third company. My first company was uh, Smart Yantra Technologies, which I founded in in uh, in 2000, and it was acquired in 2004. Apparently, uh, not apparently, interestingly, we built uh, the, the what passes off today as screen casting, right? Uh, what you take off from you know you know from your phone uh, from your phone to the TV and the other way, right? The screen casting it's called. So that's something that we had built and demonstrated in 2002. But we didn't know what to do with those, with that technology those days, right? We are not as narcissistic as today, right? We don't even have a photograph of that damn thing. Right? <laughs> so we never took uh, you know any selfies or any you know videos of that also. And uh, fortunately, the company that acquired us thought that there was no no use for the technology. Can you believe it? And uh, uh, you know, and that went on. So that being that, so in India, there in 2000s and all, there was absolutely no concept of uh, of uh, risk capital, right? Uh, there were very few angel investors, and we got lucky at that time in Smart Intra because we had uh, we had that dot com boom taking off at that time, 99 and 2000, and everybody was wanting to put a dot com to it to its name, right, and and go go public. That's what that those days. So 2004, we got acquired. Uh, I continued to stay there as part of the CTO office in uh, Genesis 2006, and we started uh, Sankhya in 2007. Incidentally, I also co-founded another company called YWA Labs, which is also a deep tech company that that uh, operates in a space called uh, electronic system design or electronic design automation. Um, we build very interesting uh, products there to uh, to improve uh, productivity of uh, IC designers and uh, device driver software, uh, embedded device driver software developers. So it's a tool that improves their productivity there. And Sankhya started in 2007. So we started Sankhya with the express intention of trying to build a, a deep tech semiconductor product company out of India. Right? Uh, that was unheard of. Uh, off late in the last one year or two, you would have heard a lot of talk about uh, you know semiconductors being the next oil. I think there's a lot of uh, talk about it and fact that it's a very a very strategic and very important uh, uh, you know uh, asset for 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 the for the country while selling lingerie on uh, on uh, on internet is important <laughs> this is equally important right and uh, and and this 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 uh, building a semiconductor ecosystem which is literally in fact we have built up the ecosystem slowly right and we've come this far though it's still work in progress it's 13 years uh, later and we are still we're still building it. Yeah, we we started uh, building a very very interesting technology that was passing off in the military domain as software defined radio. Uh, software defined radio is a uh, is a software based uh, or a firmware based uh, implementation of uh, you know the the digital modulation scheme, right? So you got your modems right in your phone. You got the LTE modems. You got the 5G modems coming in or the 2G modems. So traditionally, these have been built in what are called hardwired architectures, which means they're very fixed function devices that just do that. So we built a programmable modem. Making a program, well, the, the statements aren't very, it's a single liner requirement, but the devil is in the details. It needs, uh, you know, the entire 
gamut experience of the gamut of electro, uh, electrical sciences from from uh, you know from uh, rf design to cpu design uh, to you know compiler design and all the way down right so we practically built india's first uh, uh, digital signal processor or a cpu uh, intels and all the other guys built that right we built it in about uh, you know 3 years in, in between 2007 to 2010 there's a lot of uh, Allah Gulla today about uh, you know IIT Madras building uh, a processor called Shakti. Uh, we predated them, uh, predated them by at least ten years, right on that part. And we we didn't know that we knew it was a futuristic technology, but it's only now that the entire industry is rallying behind this concept of I don't know how much you know about telecom a concept called software defined networking, right? A software defined networking and uh, everything is software defined. So uh, we were at least six, seven years ahead of the uh, industry. But with like all technologies uh, uh, which are ahead of their time, it, it takes time and it takes uh, a lot of uh, evangelization to get it through. It's only in the last couple of years, you know, that uh, the industry has finally recognized us. And we have gone from being, I would say, heretics to thought leaders in the last one, one and a half years, right? If you were a telecom semiconductor company about two years back, uh, people would have laughed at you. I think you're, you're mad, right? I, I read somewhere that you have to be willing to look like a short-term idiot in the short, an idiot in the short term for a long-term gain, right? We were looking like that in the first five years of our existence, uh, uh, you know. And then uh, along the way, you know, we've assembled a team uh, which has been around uh, for almost 14 years. There are about 20, 25 people in the company. They have been around for 25 years, uh, sorry, 14 years. And we, uh, the founders themselves, the three founders, uh, we worked with each other for more than 20 years. There are at least eight to ten people in the company who have worked with each other for at least 20, 25 years. So we've grown from being uh, 25 year olds or 26 year olds to 50 year old men now. So uh, that's how that's how uh, this has been. We have about uh, 60, 70, 70 international patents on various aspects of the technology. And explain this. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you about uh, this uh, whole trend of software defined various things. Uh, explain that to us in layman's terms and and. And talk about why it's important. Right. So for that, you have to get to a little bit of uh, computing history, right? People know of you. Most people who heard about uh, Moore's law, right? Moore's law states that uh, you know uh, every 18 months, you know the transistor capacity doubles, which means you've got more compute capacity for the same thing. So whatever NASA could put in in the rocket in 1969, we can now put 100 times more uh, more compute power on our phone in our pockets, right? That's because of writing the back of Moore's law. But off late, what's happened is Moore's law's kind of tapered out because you come to such sophisticated levels of, uh, uh, you know, of etching transistors that you, you just can't get, uh, you can't keep up with Moore's law. So what happens is people have to look at new architectural innovations, which means you have to come up with different ways of scaling and keeping up with that trend of compute. Now, I have a corollary to Moore's law, which, say, which says that uh, Moore's law states that every 18 months, you've got a doubling of transistor capacity. My corollary to Moore's law is uh, that every five years, the level of abstraction has to go up, right? Uh, the goal of computer science or computing engineering is to raise the level of abstraction. What does that do? That actually gives you, uh, you know, uh, gives you, uh, the ability to build more complex ideas. So uh, I read somewhere, I think in the Netflix founders book that, you know, it took them $3 million to build their first app for Netflix. Yeah, can you believe it? Today, a mobile app can be built in in less than $100,000 or $50,000 or in India even lower. Because 
what has happened is you are now talking at very high levels of abstractions right earlier you have to do everything in c and then build libraries and then go up then there is platforms on which you build platforms and probability to build platforms so that's what has taken us off in uh, in the computer industry now uh, that's taken off completely on the on the mobile application and the IT, what we call the it workload so the it workload that uh, that comprises of all the mobile applications and all of that have followed that curve now what's happened is people have suddenly realized hey if we can do it for the it world why not look at other uh, other domains as well right and one of the most difficult domains of trying to raise the level of abstraction and bring things in software was the networking domain they are all proprietary boxes everybody wanted to do their own stuff for their hardware architectures and uh, point functions and all of that so what happened is uh, that actually led to a lot of ivory towers built being built and a lot of close close things happening right now uh, building making that software defined uh, opens up a lot of uh, you know a lot of uh, i would say uh, increases the innovation velocity you once you start to do stuff in software you have more developers around the world who can do it your entry barrier to build something comes down uh, and uh, things become very flexible right and once things become flexible you can uh, all the advantages of software accrue right you can you can do code drops you can do you know multiple revisions in quick time in in an ic in the in the ic world uh, spinning and hardware actually takes you 9 months literally the time to incubate a baby or even more right so it takes you 9 months and you make a mistake you are screwed uh, because then you have to wait another 9 months before you can get a uh, you know get another chip out right but with software on a running on a standard uh, platform uh, you can now spin off products much faster than you could earlier spin off so you are you are kind of disaggregating the uh, or decoupling the uh, the hardware scaling with with software scaling right that gives you a whole lot of advantage the other advantage uh, uh, is basically more and more people can actually come and uh, write stuff the entry barrier comes down that's the that's why everything software defined becomes very interesting mm. and what are the main products today at sankhya and where are they being applied so we have three uh, major business units uh, we have uh, uh, a business unit that's looking at building 5g nr products on the infrastructure side so we are designed into uh, operator in the us we are building a very interesting methodology play that that allows you to deploy and uh, in build next generation wireless networks uh, you know seamlessly so we are building a, a equivalent of what's called an it hypervisor on the on the tel telecom side that allows you to give you virtualization of uh, what's called the ran hardware that's one piece uh, we are building what's called radio units based on our chipsets that hang off uh, you know hang off uh, towers uh, right uh, that's the 5g nr base station on the Uh, we have another uh, business unit called the we 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 call it the broad, broadband broadcast convergence we originally started off trying to build uh, broadcast products uh, products for tvs and set up boxes and mobile tvs and all of that so we have a very interesting concept again pioneered by us uh, in india here uh, that offloads uh, video traffic from mobile networks to broadcast networks Uh, if you look at traditionally broadcast networks, uh, we you, you recollect all the when we were, we were kids, you know, you used to 
put up uh, terrestrial antennas and watch uh, watch analog tv right that's a terrestrial broadcast spectrum and today that nobody in practically in, nobody in india is watching uh, you know terrestrial tv so that spectrum is still all uh, you know it's 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 completely unused so we are trying to build technologies that that uh, kind of uh, merges into the cellular uh, world and allows you to offload video one of the reasons our networks are uh, congested in india is a lot of video gets carried on them and uh, these networks were never designed to carry video so there we have a chipset uh, where you can receive tv or linear uh, on both linear and non linear content on the phone without a data plan uh, in fact we have a demo of the phone we have a prototype phone that we have built with a chip in it we also build the infrastructure side uh, which is basically a cellularized uh, tv transmitter that we call the broadcast radio head that uh, that allows you to you know take uh, take video content ip content from the cellular network and pass it on the broadcast network so those are the two major uh, business units the third one is uh, satellite uh, iot uh, interestingly uh, we are pushing satellite for a long time and until elon musk and uh, you know uh, amazon came around uh, they have suddenly become a very sexy business right so star, I, i guess most of your uh, users have heard about starlink uh, so we have been doing some of that with isro since 8 years last 8 years we have been isro's technology partners for all their uh, mobile satellite services uh, satellites so the technology that we have built there are satellite modems satellite iot modems Uh, one use case is uh, you know tracking trends tomorrow uh, you know tomorrow, today if you get uh, the the exact location of your train uh, anywhere in india uh, that would be because of our technology so it's mounted on uh, locomotives uh, about 3000 uh, uh, locomotives of the indian railways and that 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 sends the location of the uh, locomotive on a 15 second interval it also acts as a kind of an iot platform for uh, for uh, for railways to do analytics and uh, maintenance and and things like that where else are you finding your customers i would imagine you would have uh, interested customers in the us in europe and so on yes we are unfortunately we can't name a lot of them uh, because we are under nda but we are working with uh, tier 1 tier 2 operators in the us we are talking to a lot of operators now in europe so most of our uh, customers are in the us uh, there are a few in india as well like i mentioned some of them my railways and uh, isro uh, and uh, bl and others uh, that we work with uh, most of our revenue comes from the us uh, and uh, you know and, and going forward also from europe uh, europe is rolling out a whole new you know this 5g network on a on a concept called open ran i don't know if you guys have heard about open ran it's a new movement uh, to to build networks on open uh, uh, open uh, apis and open software and hardware apis so to speak so that you know there can be more uh, uh, you know more more players so today uh, 5g is dominated or rather 4g was dominated by about three or four players and they dictated and they are vertically integrated huawei uh, huawei and ericsson nokia samsung and another vendor so uh, the open ran uh, ecosystem is uh, is an operator led ecosystem to break that hegemony of those four players and bring in uh, bring bring create an alternate universe where uh, there's more uh, more uh, you know democratization of uh, of the you know of the network with more vendors coming in hmm so there is a fair amount of uh, excitement about uh, 5g rollouts around the world right so uh, explain to us in sort of simple terms 
why 5G is a big deal? Uh, if you, from a consumer-centric perspective, I think the marketeers have uh, overhyped the 5G part, right? So if you look at it, uh, 5G is just a faster 4G in some sense, uh, right? Uh, what is very important in 5G, my perspective, uh, there's a, I would say that there's an inside-out view and the outside-in outside view. The outside-in view is uh, basically it's a faster uh, 4G. Especially in the, uh, you know, five, there's a lot of uh, spectrum in the, uh, the millimeter wave that's been in the 28 gigahertz space that's been allocated. And there's large swaths of spectrum. So when you have large swaths of spectrum, you get huge pipes. You can get like gigabit or two gigabit uh, directly into your phone. But then that's only in very small urban areas because you need to uh, roll out huge amount of infrastructure. That's the outside in view. And there are all these interesting applications. They talk about robotics and, uh, you know, AR, VR and all of that. But to me, the inside-out view is more interesting. The inside-out view is that a 5G network will look less like a telecom network and look more like an IT network. For the reasons I just told you uh, earlier, right? Because computer is getting cheap. So a lot of the telecom network is now going to look like an IT network. And also backed by, uh, you know, these movements like Open RAN uh, that allows, allows, you, allows you to have a new ecosystem built in. That's far more interesting. Or maybe I'm an engineer probably and that's why I like that part. What that accrues to operators is lower PCO, lower total cost of ownership, right? Uh, and uh, you, 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 your cost of, cost of the network per bit comes down. And that's where, that's where, that's where, that's where is, and uh, today people are still looking for a real application for 5G, right? 4G was all about Uber, if you really look at it. <laughs> There's no equivalent, uh, you, uh, you know, application yet. Maybe AR, VR would pick up. But to me, this inside-out view is more interesting. Hmm. And in the 5G market, uh, what will be the role that Sankhya uh, will play? Sankhya, uh, Sankhya is a radio access network provider uh, on the access side. We we are building uh, uh, hardware products and software products. We are building hardware products based on our chipsets. So we do chipsets, we do uh, end uh, system products and also uh, software that goes along with it. And uh, uh, there is also, I mean, when the uh, uh, when the government recently allowed uh, some trials and all that, they also mentioned the 5GI, uh, which I think IIT Madras and others have developed. Uh, explain the difference to us, 5G and 5GI. 5GI is uh, India's contribution to uh, uh, you know uh, to uh, to the 3 g 2 world. Let Let's take a step back and see how telecom standards are built, right? What happens is the telecom standards uh, is a very political body. Uh, right? There's a body called 3GPP, third generation. Uh, uh, what's the name? Okay, it's called 3GPP uh, that uh, you have to become members of, right? And you become members of that, and then there's a there's an election process there, and then you submit all the work that you have done as part of the standard, and that becomes a standard, right? Once it, that becomes a standard, uh, that people go and implement it. And if you have certain patents, if you have some IPR into it. The respective companies get monies out of it. So it's again dominated by companies, Qualcomm, uh, Ericsson, and all of them. They they do a lot of R&D for about eight, ten years, and then bring try to bring in their IPR into that. Now in India through PSDSI, which is our local SDO, it's called the Standard Development Organization, affiliated to 3GPP. We we built up this concept called uh, LMLC. Uh, we meaning the Indian ecosystem, uh, large mobility. Uh, LMLC stands for uh, uh, low mobility, large cells. In Indian rural areas, your cell size are, sizes are very, very large and the mobility is very slow. So 
the 5G I is actually a standard meant for uh, the Indian deployment in the rural areas, which gives you better efficiency uh, for uh, you know uh, for everything being the same. So it's part of the 5G standard. So it's a it's it's, it's some IPR that's gone from uh, from the Indian universities and academia into you know into GGP. Uh, you you've uh, also raised some funding uh, over the years, right? I mean. Uh... And uh, how has that experience been? And are you looking to raise more money? I mean, I I understand that you are a you've been a profit making company for a while now. Yes, uh, it's uh, uh, that's the challenge, right? In India, that's it's a it's a very very difficult uh, thing to raise money for deep tech startups in India, especially of the semiconductor variety from private investors, because these are long gestation period, long gestation cycles. Uh, nobody understands the technology, right? And most. Most uh, venture capital in India would rather follow a MeToo business model from from the West and deploy it here. That's why you got the equivalents of the Amazons and I don't know the DoorDashes and I don't know whatnot, uh, delivering stuff to home and and hyper local groceries and all of that. But uh, talk about semiconductors, it's tough, right? Uh, uh, so we have never we have never been successful in raising money from any Indian investors so far, uh, right? You have stopped talking to Indian investors uh, long ago. Uh, most of our investors have always been strategic and always uh, been from the US, mostly from the US. Uh, Intel was one of our investors at some point in time. Intel was our investor. General Motors was our investor. Uh, we have got those kinds of investors who understand the technology and the, the strategic depth of what we are trying to do. Now they handed off to another company, right? Another American company. We are now our, uh, uh, yes, we have another US investor called Singular Broadcasting Group. They are uh, they are one of our uh, one of our investors. But our process, see, uh, I'll tell you our fundraising process as well. We didn't know that, but uh, you know, uh, uh, we we kind of uh, we can be credited for starting the angel, uh, you know, the angel uh, process in India. Uh, we have our own. We have, when we started Sankhya, it's unheard of. It's completely unheard of to raise seed money and build a semiconductor company with angel money, right? Uh, so we have this. Uh, I, I, now I fondly call it the NH4 Angels. I don't know if you know which part of if you are from Bangalore. NH4 is a highway connecting Bangalore and Pune, right? And believe it or not, we don't have the Narayan Murthys and the uh, Nandans and other ones investing. We've got all small town people from on that road, <laughs> from Davangere, from uh, Hubli, from Belgaum, from Kolhapur invested in uh, you know invested in Sankhya. Uh, uh, and that's why that, that's why I call this the NH4 Angels. Uh, you know, it's a circles we call that. So we raised money from them and built this product out. When, uh, Intel came in only after they saw the product, right? And we probably should take the uh, you know take the world record for building the most frugal uh, chipset built ever, right? Uh, outside of the academia, uh, and we built it in uh, less than a million and a half, which is a record of, of sorts. But semiconductors needs a lot of money a lot of money right and that money gets sunk in in r&d it doesn't become apparent uh, in 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 gmvs and in you know in buying customer revenues right most of the guys here buy revenues right so we always are uh, we are profitable after 12 years right and it, it's still difficult for people to believe that you know you can build a successful business out of india but now i think in the last one year things have changed not in the private sector, but at least in, uh, because of the geopolitics, uh, people uh, uh, up in Delhi are beginning to realize that semiconductors is the new oil. Right? If we don't have, if we don't, and you've seen that, right? If you don't have 
strategic depth in in semiconductors and in technology you can keep selling as much lingerie as you want and make money you're screwed but but we've sort of completely missed the bus in terms of uh, building our own foundries right i mean it's too late to do that now uh I I am not a big fan of you are right you are absolutely right we should have done the foundries 15 years back at least 20 years back right uh, um, you know Morris Chang founded uh, TSMC uh, Taiwan Semiconductor after retiring from TI and after getting uh, you know uh, uh, getting out of TI in 1986 those were the times that we should talk now I think we should focus on what our strengths are right design skills uh, uh, Bangalore probably has is the world's Uh, well china is a factory bangalore is uh, is the world's design house uh, for semiconductors typically uh, every sem- uh, semiconductor worth its salt has a big presence in bangalore so we have those design skills so what we need to do is build this fabulous model they, they need lesser money uh, they use utilize your skills and also bring back end stuff right you can also start manufacturing say boards and stuff like that based on your skills and once you generate enough wafers which means i can i start giving tsmc enough wafers enough orders for for my chips then we can look at bringing in the fab that's my that's my personal opinion i was asking about funding are you are you looking to raise more money yeah we are we are looking to raise the one round because we we have uh, this uh, uh, while we are profitable we need money for growth uh, we we see we see a two year window uh, where we have a lead or most folks people won't believe it this right it's uh, simply brown skin building this <laughs> sorry <laughs> they just can't fathom it by trying to building or building it out of bangalore so we need money we have a two year window and we need to accelerate because if we lose that two two and a half year window uh, lead that we have uh, then other will catch up people uh, the rest of the world i mean the rest of the competition that we have has got they're all billion 10 billion plus dollar companies right and uh, they could uh, just swamp us with uh, with you know uh, with, with their engineering uh, speed uh, our only uh, uh, claim to fame is you know we don't have a legacy because we are building everything ground up and we are very nimble and fast uh, uh, how much money uh, are you looking to raise we are looking to raise 20 million right now 20 million dollars you have already operations in the us uh, what do you do there is that a customer facing we have a, we used to have an office sorry but we now have a paper office we would likely to populate that office post covid i mean once the uh, uh, travel restrictions go away because we have a lot of customers in the us now uh, and uh, this india hq and us subsidiary somehow doesn't fly <laughs> it's easier people understand the standard pattern of the us hq and the india design center maybe we'll have to follow that for, for all you know uh one standard question i mean uh, what are the next big steps uh, at sankhya oh yeah so for us uh, we we've got to take our 5g uh, uh, you know uh, chipsets and uh, products into scale to scale we have uh, market customers right now uh, we have a whole lot of pocs on various stuff that we're doing that's the immediate term, i mean mid, uh, short to mid term is to scale in and build in a really large uh you know uh, you know become a reasonably large size player 100 150 million dollars run rate in maybe a couple of years and then uh, we have some very interesting ipr for 60 so uh, based on uh, you know uh, autonomous networks where the network design is itself and architectures uh, to implement that and then go build that out and like uh, you know follow the huawei trajectory where 
you know, they were a fringe player in 3G and 4G. They became a mainstream player in 4G and now they're a leader in 5G, right? So we use that to become, you know, probably a market leader in, in 6G. Are you probably the only folks who are do, even talking, thinking about 6G in India? I've never come across anyone else. Yeah, yeah, nobody else talks about it. Nobody else talks about it. They call us fools because they say 5G is not deployed. But what, they, what people don't realize is that, you know, you have to start 10 years. Uh, only then you get the lead, right? So we have not understood the uh, new new uh, digital colonization rules, right? Uh, well, uh, when the British went, uh, you know, if my grandfather had gone to Africa, he would have named... Uh, the Victorian Lake after probably Shivaji or somebody else, right? <laughs> you do the same thing in the digital world. You look far ahead, invest 10, 15 years first, and then take that technology, right? So for some reason in India, we have not understood the, that game at all. And unfortunately, we also as a company didn't understand that game. Only in the last three years, have we realized that you know, that game is played uh, top down, not bottom up. You don't try and build a chip after a standard has been built because you're already too late, right? You, you change the rules of the game. The, the chances of success are lower, but if you succeed, you succeed big. Is You change the rules of the game. They're played. And then with the 6G stuff, we are looking to change the rules of the game. There are things that we have latched onto that nobody else in the world is actually looking at. And hopefully, if that succeeds, it succeeds really big. That was Parag Nayak, co-founder and CEO of Sankhya Labs. That's it for today's Tech Briefing. You can find all our podcasts on ForbesIndia.com and on Spotify. I'm Hari Thank you for listening.